Hey, before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to let you know that our course and coaching program called Youth Ministry Growth Accelerator now offers a three-month and six-month payment plan, which makes enrolling easier than ever. Just head over to growyouryouthministry.com and sign up today. And as an added bonus, if you join by Friday, May 17th, we're offering a free student leadership launch workshop, which will help you build and launch your student leadership team from the ground up. I can't wait to see you in the program so we can start accelerating the growth of your youth ministry today. All right, let's get into the episode. Volunteers are the lifeblood of your youth ministry. Today, we're going to talk about the best tips and techniques to get the right people on your team. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Ministry Coach Podcast. My name is Jeff Lascola. I'm here not only with the famous, but the infamous Kristen (laughs) Lascola. Hey, for those of you who are new to watching this show or listening to it, make sure you like, subscribe, and hit the notification button. And if you're listening on podcasts, make sure you give us a review and subscribe for more fun adventures from the two of us. (laughs) <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to add to that <laughs> a lot of words a lot of words a lot of words that's all <laughs> okay can we get started now yeah let's start okay so tonight you actually came up with this topic you're welcome yeah i thought it was really good and i have a fun a few fun sound bites for it so tonight we're talking about recruitment volunteer recruitment for your ministry because If you've been in youth ministry, even probably for like a week, you know this to be true. You live and die by your volunteer team. So we cannot, I mean, how many students could you realistically minister to? 12? Because Jesus did 12. Are you talking like on a Sunday or like a midweek? Like a small group. Oh, oh, guy. Well, it depends what age. I feel like if it's junior high, it's about two, maybe three. But Lightweight over here. I would say realistically, yeah, no more than 12. Right. So youth pastors, whether you want to admit it or not, we all want to grow, right? Your senior pastor wants you to grow. If you don't want to grow, let me tell you, he or she definitely does. Right. So we need to multiply ourselves and our volunteers and our ministry can only grow with volunteers, but they have to be the right ones, right? Right. So today we're going to talk about volunteer recruitment and how to get the right people in the right spot for the right amount of time and some methods to go about that. So this is going to be particularly helpful if you are just starting out, but these are patterns to adopt even if you've been in youth ministry for a while. So I kind of identified the four places that my volunteers come from. And I didn't set out for this. This is just what I realized has happened. So number one, the largest percentage of my volunteers currently are former students. So that is the beauty of being in youth (laughs) ministry for a long time. All of a sudden it hit me like, oh my gosh, I've been in it long enough that I get to have my former students come back as 
like legit adults. Mm -hmm. I know some people feel weird about having high schoolers serve in their ministry. No, these people are like married, (laughs) some of them, or engaged. So then most most of them or all of them have graduated from high school. All of them. Well, I have a couple seniors serving right now as co-leaders. So mostly like over 18 probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big percentage. And then the unintended beauty of them is they will bring their friends. So that's number two. So maybe they weren't my former students, but they are friends of my former students. Mm -hmm. So my students now adults will start serving and then they'll invite their friends. Like you should come check out this youth group on Tuesday. It's so fun. And then they'll do recruitment for me. Mm -hmm. Um, The third place they come from is some rock star parents. So parents of students. And one cool thing is some of the parents are so sold out on what we're doing in the ministry that they stay even when their kid like graduates and goes to high school. I have a couple of those. And then the fourth one, and this is actually the smallest percentage at the moment. There were times, mostly when I was just starting out, that this was the biggest percentage. And that was my own personal friends. (laughs) And that's how Jeff got here. And you might end up marrying one. So, you know, be careful because your volunteer might fall in love with you. (laughs) This guy. So there was a time when you were one of my volunteers and then two of our other really close friends and our ministry was a lot smaller at that time. So we didn't have a huge team, but it was like. We were the four best friends doing youth ministry together. (laughs) So it was like, I, I think having a high percentage of former students, if you're just starting out in youth ministry, that's not realistic right. <laughs> for obvious reasons, right? So you you'll those percentages will change for you depending on how long you've been in youth ministry. But here here I think is like the big like sound bite for the night. One of the worst ways possible to recruit, but the most tempting way to recruit is to do the big the big ask. Maybe if you work in children's ministry, I would say the big ask does work to fill those spots. Mm -hmm. But once you get into even like I'd say fourth, fifth grade, anything like with like small groups, that's supposed to be a relationship, life on life. It's no longer can be just someone standing up there and telling the Bible story and then passing out the craft. Like it has to be the right person to relate to that age group. Mm -hmm. So that big ask, like you've seen it at church, right? Right. Like or fill out a comment card if yeah. you're interested. And, yeah. and, and then they'll get up on stage and do some big recruitment push and whatever. Again, we have great success for that for our children's ministry. The other one that's horrible. Well, not I mean, to stop you for a second, not that you can't find good volunteers that way, but you really are not handpicking them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably what you're getting at because the other ones you mentioned, former students... Well, maybe not friends of former students, but former students, rock star parents and friends are all people that you kind of know. Right. So you can sort of say like these people know the ministry or you know them well enough to know if they're going to fit. Right. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to get into why that is Okay. like probably for the rest of the episode. But that really like 
tempting thing to just like, hey, calling all right. volunteers, come and fill out cards. Because we've done these things, you know, where we call them like a volunteer fair. Yeah. And for some positions, that's great. We need ushers. We need greeters. We need this. But when it comes to, again, that life on life, there's just something missing. And not that you... I mean, out of maybe 20, you'll get one Mm -hmm. who actually is the right fit. Not that they're bad people, not that there's something wrong with them by any means, but there's just a certain chemistry that you need. And that I have found year after year that usually doesn't come from a big ask recruitment or volunteer fair. It comes through like what you were saying is, and here's our big word is that recruitment is relationship. Mm. So write that part down or just remember that recruitment is relationship. And that is a lot harder because that is going to take some time. So to do a big ask, you're you're maybe going to get four or five cards and you call people like, Hey, you want to come check out my youth ministry? You know, that is a little bit more of immediate results, especially if you're new, you're probably just like desperate, like get me some people to help me out, Mm -hmm. you know, but that is the desperation. You will always make a bad choice. Like you have to be patient and wait for the right people because why we guard the gate. Yeah. We guard the gate of, because this is not just a warm body in your ministry. These people will with or without your permission, design your youth ministry culture. Mm -hmm. So you will do it, but you're one person. And so what, who are these people? Well, Um, they are representing your ministry and you. Yes. And when you bring them on. Yes. So if you don't know them well or if they don't know you well or how things work, then that can be a problem. And there's been so many people that I've like met that it's like, God, you're such a great person. You love the Lord, full of integrity, character, all that mm. kind of stuff. And here's the hardest part to find. It's not it's not necessarily good character. It's good chemistry. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing to find on a team that like you guys share the same kind of vision. Vi- vision. And vibe. And vi- exactly. And and it's very palatable when it's there or not there, mm-hmm. you know, and So my encouragement to anyone new or struggling finding these volunteers would be know that recruitment is relationship. And here's, let's flush that out a little bit because it's like, oh, cool sound bite, (laughs) right? But I mean, like, what does that actually mean? So a lot of youth pastors are very interested in getting to know the youth. Doi, right? Doi, though. (laughs) Duh, der. (laughs) Which one do you like? Der, doi, and duh. (laughs) Youth pastors are usually interested in getting to know all the youth in the church. Doi. Doi. Okay. <laughs> A doi, doi, doi. So that makes sense because you're the youth pastor. But here's w- what they sometimes miss is you need to be just as interested in getting to know the adults in the church because hello volunteers right now you don't go in with like all these like hidden agendas like i'm secretly recruiting you you know but what you need to understand is that you as the youth pastor need to not be siloed and you need to get out of the youth room that's a really big struggle for me i will admit like all of a sudden i'm like oh shoot i need to get out of the youth room i've been in the junior high room for the last four hours and then I go out and everyone's like gone. And it's just like the facilities crew, like emptying trash. I'm like, Oh, I missed everybody. But we really need to be disciplined to get out of our classrooms, get out of youth world and 
participate in the church in a more global sense. So examples, maybe you get out of the youth room a little bit early and you mingle with people as they're leaving church. Maybe you attend a Bible study with a people that you don't necessarily know to get to know new people. Maybe you participate in a service project that your church is doing a different ministry that normally you wouldn't be a part of. You get in church services once every six weeks or something, instead of being in your classroom, you get somebody to guest teach and you go and be a part of the bigger church either however you do it or whatever will be designed for your church and your context specifically but you just need to know that you're supposed to wake up thinking about junior high or high school or whatever age group you do but you also need to wake up thinking about the church overall and inserting yourself into that big picture because that's how you meet people that's how you gain support. That's how you gain clout. That's how you gain a good reputation is that where are you visible? You don't want to be that youth, that elusive youth pastor. That's like, like all the kids are like, Oh, he's so cool. Or she's so cool. But all the parents are like, who is this person? They don't seem interested in getting to know anybody else. You know, like that's just such a turnoff, I think in the, in the big picture. Yeah. It'd be good to know the parents before their students or their kids are in the ministry. And then obviously, you know, afterwards, to you, you would be obviously know them by that point, but knowing them before they get there can be a big win because then it's like, I'm handing over my children to you for however many hours a week. Who are you again? You right. know, versus I totally know you and I totally trust you and I'm, you know, in favor of your ministry and everything you guys And are it's doing. amazing, like, when you are positioned that way. I hate using this word because I think it's become cliche, but it really does happen organically. Mm. Like, I promise you. I don't do any volunteer recruitment. I don't. So another tip in there, (laughs) I'm not going to call it a tip. That's a dumb word to call prayer. A prayer (laughs) is a little tip, a little secret. Read your Bible, everybody. (laughs) But the... I literally, like when I have a very key position to fill, I just start praying and praying and praying and praying over that position that it's like, like we needed to hire a male intern and that position was vacant for like, I think a year Mm -hmm. and I just could not find the right person for it. And I just kept praying and praying. And I like slowly, I saw God kind of like the dots started lining up. I'm like, I think I know what you're doing. And then eventually they all connected and we made the hire and it was perfect. And then I had to furlough them because of COVID, but I'm hoping never to come back. <laughs> but it was like, oh my goodness, like just bathing those decisions in prayer too and watching God bring you the right people is amazing. And when you position yourself in those, uh, like you're, you're accessible to the, the church overall and people know you. Mm-hmm. It's amazing who just kind of will, will just be magnetically drawn to that right position and that yeah. right fit or a parent that is awesome and a big supporter might approach you. Or, you know, I just really, because of that positioning, I really do not recruit ever. Mm-hmm. And the times that I have, I feel like I've been my biggest failures. My history of the big ask recruitment, not one of those people still serving with me today. Hmm. And I have some very long standing volunteers, like 15 years, mm-hmm. you know? I think it's because man appoints, God, God anoints. anoints. 
Wow. I didn't, I didn't How did we that. do that at the same exact time? Because we went to the same church for a long time, <laughs> and the pastor always said that. Clark Van Wick, shout out. <laughs> He's probably listening. I hope so. <laughs> Should be. Clark. <laughs> so, yeah, bottom line, recruitment is relationship. Recruitment isn't an event. Hmm. And um, this is probably an topic for another episode, but like, why would people even want to join your team? You know? And I think that's what you, you're not saying that as an insult. You're saying that as just a general question. Like, I don't know. Maybe I am. Describe why you know who I'm talking to. Describe why they would want to be a part of your ministry. Not why would they want to be a part of your ministry? That's I think is what you were saying. No, I would like, Really? Okay, sorry. Why would they? I don't know how to say it without sounding like a <laughs> like snob. Like how I just did. Like a snob. Okay, fine. Why would they want to be a part of your team? Like what? what is going to draw, draw them in? Yeah. yeah. And number one, people are looking for relationship. People are looking to have a significant role. People are looking to be cared for. And a lot of people volunteer in the first place to get better connected to the church. Mm. Um, yeah. And so... They're looking for it. Like I've had so many volunteers who were kind of on the fringe in the church. Once they joined like my team, they were like, wow, I've never had a group of friends like this or, oh, "Oh, I've never felt part of something like this because we are like a family, like, oh, so cliche, (laughs) but like we really are like we genuinely enjoy hanging out with each other. And that energy is so contagious. I care deeply for my volunteers. I always have their back. You know, I seek them out sometimes more than I seek out students. Like Mm. I just make them my number one priority so that they'll make students their number one priority. And like I said, I'm giving you little tips of the iceberg on these things because I think that's a whole episode in and of itself. But I think we need to at least scratch the surface of that to say, If you're having trouble recruiting, well, what's the reputation of your team? Mm -hmm. And is it a place where people want to serve? Yeah. So, and I don't know if you're the best person to answer that, you know, (laughs) we're not always the best, but if you have a high EQ, maybe you would be able to tell like, yeah, you know, I could care more for my volunteers. And sometimes it's hard for youth pastors to make the switch from focusing on students to now focusing on adults. And Mm -hmm. that's a real growing pain. So I mean, if you're, if you are just starting out, I would start with your friend group. Yeah. Like, do you have any awesome friends that are Because you haven't interested? had a class go all the way through to graduate. Yeah, you don't know parents probably that right. well yet. So start attending everything you can at your church. Get to know every pocket of, yeah. you know, different groups of people. Every age, some of my best volunteers are pushing 60, mm-hmm. I think, you know, and they're fantastic. And then I have my other spectrum of like my 17, 18 year olds that are out of this world. Mm -hmm. So don't let age deter you at all. I think we think more about that than the kids do. I do too. Which is interesting. You know, oh, are they going to be too young or too old? Or how are they going to adjust? And and the kids are just like, you like me, I like you. Right. We just became best friends. I know, especially in junior high. Yeah. They're just like, you start playing gaga ball with them. They're like, you're the coolest person. Right. Pick up a video game controller. I don't know. If you, even if you suck, they'll win and they'll <laughs> love you even more. So <laughs> easy victories. 
Right. But I mean, you could just start with your friends and that's what I did. I recruited you and a couple of our other friends and we just kind of did it. And none of you guys are still volunteering with me, but um, it, it got us by until I could get to know parents and people and students started coming back and all mm-hmm. of that. And I think that's another great incentive for staying in youth ministry for a while, because you will reap that fruit of the relationship yeah. over time and your recruitment will eventually be done for you. Mm-hmm. And we talked in an earlier episode with Pastor Gordy Nixon of the Ramona campus of North Coast Church, but he brought up some good points, obviously, about being having FaceTime yeah, with the parents. I was thinking but also that. when you're, and in his case, he was just starting at a, um, at a not a church plant, but a campus plant, a campus plant, I guess. And like he mentioned, when your youth group is relatively small, especially in the beginning, you don't need to have no fifty volunteers. One or two might be and more than enough. And you will probably be a small group leader too. Right. That's what I was in the beginning. So there's no rush to make bad decisions on who you right. pick. And in I, that circumstance, in that that phrase, the best time to fire someone is before you hire them. Like mm. obviously, we're not paying these people and they're not joining our staff, but it's the same thing. Like letting a volunteer go is. I think it's right. worse than firing somebody. It's a breakup. It's a relationship and breakup. And this person awkward. wants to give you their time and volunteer and serve. And you're like, um, you're just not a good fit. <laughs> like, whereas if you're paying someone, at least you can blame it on job performance right. and just say, Hey, like you're not doing a good job. But when you fire a volunteer, whew, <laughs> we guys, do not need your free services anymore. It's yeah. awful. So, Okay, so we'll go through it again here real quick. Your former students are probably going to be your number one pick well, if you've been there that long. Number one in the future if and, you haven't been there long enough. And, and I think to, to speak on that a little bit too is the fact that these are people that have gone through your ministry, know your ministry, know the ins and outs, and know what leaders are or what is expected of leaders because they've been through it. And and if, if, if your ministry is rocking chances are they can't wait to get right. back there. I mean, I have eighth grade boys. Like I just saw them on Tuesday. They're like, how old do I have to be to just like come back and serve? I'm like, ah, don't be a sketchy high schooler. And we'll, and we'll talk about right. it when you're in your second semester of your junior year. And then friends of volunteer or friends of volunteers, former students. Yeah can be an extension of that student, former student. Totally. And usually birds of a feather flock together. So if they're legit, if they're solid, if they're awesome, and you're looking to fill like a co-leader position, I always just say like, hey, is there anyone in your Bible study or your friend group or work that, you know, you think would be a a good fit? And they usually send me good people. Okay. And then parents? Yep. Of are you saying parents of students coming up, parents of students currently, or parents of students who they're students? It's usually not a past okay. student. It's usually they come in because they want to be when their kids. Yeah, are. their student is coming in as like a sixth grader, yeah. or their student is already in the ministry, and I'll kind of like push a little, like, "Hey, your kid's here anyways. Right. Why don't you come?" Or they've already had a student go through the ministry, and now their younger one is going through. And it's like I already right. know you, and I already know like what kind of person you are, and you'd be a great fit. Yeah. And then number three, or sorry, number four would be your own personal friends, friends. people that you've met at church. And it doesn't mean like, oh, like my very inner circle of core friends, like just your, your network. That you know has that right heart. Yeah. Oh, I knew this guy in my Bible study. He's so fun. I think he'd be a great fit. You know, people like that. It's interesting though, because almost like the top four in that order, if you're just starting out, flip it upside down. 
and you go the other way. Yeah. So yeah, good point. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys, for watching and for listening, and we will see you next time. Thanks for checking out this episode. We hope that it provided a ton of insight for you to create health in yourself, your ministry, and your church. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Ministry Coach Podcast wherever you're watching or listening. And it would mean so much to us if you would rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And we'd also encourage you to share it with a friend so that it can go to help more people. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.